People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, inviting you to join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or on our website to hear our take as three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can follow us on Facebook. You can reach us with your comments, questions, suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and you can email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And stay tuned for our long-awaited YouTube channel. And now on with this week's episode. Good day, Brothers Talk family. Around the world, wherever you're listening and holding your critical thinking conversations to promote activism and uplift our people to all first-time listeners, we're always glad you're here to help us with the work of encouraging and educating as we endorse and inspire new and existing Black businesses and individuals to empower and enrich the Black community. The COVID reality is the rule without any real precautions, but we remind you that coronavirus is here to stay and the latest subvariant is still very much infectious and deadly. The government and the medical experts are forecasting another new surge again this fall and winter, so we still consider it our job to keep mentioning it because it's literally still a matter of life and death. Be careful when you're out and about as the health professionals are still advising that you get your vaccinations or the newest boosters. And remember that masks in crowded situations help prevent the spread of all respiratory infections, including the flu and RSV2. Finally, please remember to use this plenty of disinfectants if you're traveling this summer to all the weddings, graduations, and reunions so that your trip doesn't end up with you or any of your medically fragile family and friends in the hospital or worse. And you certainly don't want to be the one bringing anything deadly back with you when you return home. So come on now, we've still got to be smarter than our government and the masses because we can and we still must do better. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Noah. Thanks, Rod. And uh, as usual, family, thanks for your continued support. Uh, and as always, I got to agree with 100% of what Rod uh, just said. I mean, uh, I hope people are paying attention to what's going on. You got so much craziness going on, so much uncertainty. and But we're still in the midst of this pandemic, you know, uh, almost 200 people or 200 Plus, people today are still dying from the pandemic. And, you know, there are still a lot of vulnerable people out there. There are people still who can be uh, asymptomatic. And uh, we don't want this thing to flare back up. Which they're predicting that it's going to flare back up this fall. So go out and take care of yourself, your family, your loved ones. Get vaccinated if you're not. Wear your mask when you can. No? Thanks, Scott. I had the opportunity this week to watch a great show on TBS. They did a documentary on the Alvin Ailey Dance Company. And I want to tell our listeners, it was fantastic. The historical view, the story of his life, what that dance company meant to the civil rights movement and to the Black image around the world at that time, it just cannot be measured. And they did a fantastic job telling the story. And I just wanted to let all our listeners know, if you have an opportunity to watch it, please. And the arts really meant a lot during that period. And it just tells a fantastic story. So we're going to take a little break from the focus that we had on the evils of American capitalism. And we will pick that up very soon. But this week, there was something else that was a little bit more important to us was looking at our young people. 
and recognizing that there isn't as much mentorship as when we were growing up. And so we don't want to sound like the old men on the porch, but we are noticing some things that we hope that you can probably see and do something about. When we hear and talk to our young people, if we hear and talk to our young people, because maybe that's a big part of the problem is that we don't spend enough time having conversations with them and hearing from them. But some of the things we hear from them are just a little bit off the beaten path. You know, when we talk to them about sports and the only frame of reference they know is what they've seen literally kind of in their lifetimes. When I say young people, I mean, we're talking about folks who are, are, I guess, in their 30s and below who think things like Floyd Mayweather is the greatest boxer that ever lived because they have no frame of reference for Muhammad Ali or for Sugar Ray Leonard or for even going further back with the guys who we were taught about in our younger days, the Joe Lewis's and people like that. And it doesn't take a whole lot to really do a little bit of research. But I think the big thing when I say mentorship is that we don't spend the kind of time correcting them and helping them to recognize that, okay, well, maybe there is some greatness in Floyd Mayweather, but you certainly need to take it into context and stop saying that he's the greatest of all time or the greatest boxer ever and recognize what that means when you say things like that. So that's just one area where, you know, I see where we have to do a better job because our young people need to be taught how to critically think. And a part of critical thinking is for us to not let our role be usurped by letting the media and people who don't know anything about anything tell our young people what to think. So we have to do a better job. You know, Rod, I think this is a great topic in that it's going to be years before we really find out the impact of what this pandemic has done uh, to society, to Black folks. Just uh, the topic of mentorship, you know, uh, there was already a reluctance to mentor, especially uh, young Black men, because, you know, it was how do I approach them? You know, their backgrounds, you know, they were being mentored or they were idolizing the wrong kind of people. And then the pandemic come along and now we got a situation where there isn't that contact and you can see. What has happened here over the last three years is that, you know, the Gen Xers and some of the millennials, they're kind of like a lost group of people because they've only experienced uh, a lot of them grew up with going on with Donald Trump and Republicans, you know, just off the chain. And now, you know, the pandemic. And so there there hadn't been a lot of opportunity to mentor the way that people need to be mentored. And I think that has kind of had a more of a negative impact on black people in our community than um, than other groups, uh, because we already were not mentoring at the rate that we should be mentoring. And um, uh, this just made it a little bit more difficult. So we got a lot of work to do. Rod, this is such a great topic, because when you look at our community, there's no standard, there's no template on how anything from, you know, business, relationship, um, religion, how anything's taught or brought to our young people as compared to other communities where all of this is structured at certain ages where they're introduced to certain things and are given certain responsibilities. So by the time our young people are young adults and have to go out in the real world, they're really not prepared 
for all of the things they're facing and really don't have the knowledge to actually deal with situations that they're brought into when other gen- other communities, their young people are really way ahead. So, I, you know, this is just such a great topic of discussion. Yeah. And as we're saying, there's just so many areas where when you hear what young people think, again, if you're listening, they say things like Eddie Murphy, who is the greatest comedian of all time. And that flies in the face of the fact that you had Steve Harvey and Cedric the Entertainer and D.L. Hughley and Bernie Mac, who are all very funny comedians in their own right. But they made themselves the self-proclaimed kings of comedy. So it's like, well, if they were the kings of comedy, then what was Eddie Murphy? And again, in our opinion, we were privy to Richard Pryor and Red Fox and even the now disgraced Bill Cosby and Dick Gregory and people like that who were the real forerunners and the real legends. But that's what happens when we fail to do our job of helping our young people to realize there was something that came before. Because you really can't blame them as much for not knowing what they don't know. Because, you know, when we came along, we had the kind of mentorship of people who helped us to understand who we should be listening to and who is funny. And and when we were learning our, our own chops of making our decisions, we didn't just do it blindly. And we didn't have an internet. You know, there was some comedy albums and things like that that people shared. And that's how we started to understand what was funny. But it certainly wasn't even then uh, our notion of even trying to think, well, who was the goat, which is another invention of the latter day times of people starting to try to figure out who is the greatest of all time, which is really kind of offensive because the bottom line is that that that's like beauty. It's in the eye of the beholder. You know, when when I look at this whole thing about mentorship and and the disservice that's been done to uh you know, black people, young black men, just black people in general. And and, and I got to take some responsibility in that myself. You know, I, I mentored my my nieces, nephews, my daughters. You know, I used to mentor um, when I worked for CDC. I m- mentored at this middle school, but I was the only black person, black male mentor. And, and you know, normally they, you know, you have two kids, you know. I had like 23 kids because everybody was like, hey, they they was trying to get all these black, young black boys who was having some issues, who didn't have men in their lives. They wanted them to interact with, you know, a positive role model. And it was just, hey, it was, it was just a lot. It was too much. But I said all that to say that one of the mistakes that Democrats make is that, you know, they're not dealing in reality in that. Younger people are smarter than we are. You know, uh, all of us think that, you know, we're intelligent to a certain degree. But and, and I, I thought that I always thought that I could hold my own with anybody on, almost on any subject in any any room. But my daughters are, are, are way they are way smarter than me. And I just, you know, just got to accept that. And, and I'm saying that to say that we don't we don't take advantage of the fact that especially the Democrats, these young people can solve some of the problems that these people running the country and screwed up. You know, these people are smart. These young people are smart. We're not you doing what we need to do with our kids. These uh, other groups, the Indians, the Asians, the white boys, they're creating all this wealth off the internet. 
And we, for some reason, we're not pushing our kids in that direction as creative as they are. You know, they should be on par or, or past those those people. But, you know, for some reason, we're not giving them what they need. Um, very true, Scott. You know, we're not we're not educating our young people politically, socially or culturally. I mean, we're really just giving our children to this latest technology, which is only brainwashing them more. You know, so it's it's a sad state. But I wanted to get back to what Rod said. You know, he mentioned music that we're not sharing with our young people. Our era of music and and, and um, entertainment, co- comedy, and, and sports. You know, it, it's funny, Rod. When we were young, we shared all of this with our parents. There wasn't a big divide in, in music and in entertainment and, and sports. We could actually sit and listen to the same music. You know, and watch the same sporting events. Today, you can't do that with young people. I mean, everything's divided. The music's targeted to them. They don't care about anything prior to when they were born. They don't want to hear it. You know, if they literally, you know, just think that everything new is better just because it's new. And uh, unfortunately, you know, that's really limited their scope of knowledge in regards to really anything. What do you think? Well, I'm going to slightly disagree with a little bit of what you and Scott said, because on the one hand, uh, I don't necessarily believe that they young people are smarter than us, because I see too much of what they are missing when it comes to things like common experience, meaning, you know, they used to call it common sense, but really it's common experience, the things that you have to really go through. So I think they are smarter in certain respects because of technology, but there's a lot of what they're missing that I think is, again, the reason why they need the kind of mentoring that you're talking about. And then too, Norm, like I said, there there was a separation per se. You know, there was some stuff that we listened to that our parents didn't want to listen to, but as you said, they they could have listened to it. And what I thought was particularly interesting that you talked about earlier, Scott, was what about the COVID reality. Because I know one of the things that I did was I took full advantage of when we were in kind of lockdown mode with COVID to really engage with my daughter and some of her friends and to have the conversations that I'd been missing out on. And just to recognize that, you know, life has a way of putting those divides in that, you know, we all get busy. But I think what it also said is that we have to recommit. Because coming out of the COVID thing, Scott, as you mentioned, is that we really do need to acknowledge that that it was going to have a profound effect. You know, my daughter missed out on her prom and her graduation because 2020 was her senior year. And so, you know, the best I could do for her and her friends was just to say, well, look, in the future, when everybody's telling their prom and graduation stories, you'll always have the topper. Because everybody else's story will be kind of the same, but you'll have something that is unique. And, you know, that was just a way of using some wisdom because, you know, they were disheartened and disappointed by not being able to experience those things. But wisdom says, and maybe that's what I meant to say. Maybe, Scott, you had it right. Maybe they are smarter than us, but they're certainly not wiser. I think that's where we have to step in and show that we have something that they still need. Oh, yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I totally agree with uh with your assessment of that or what I said because basically that's what I I kind of meant I just didn't spell a lot that way that you know I think they can solve problems that if given the opportunity but we don't give them the opportunity 
because we don't think that they're they're wise enough. You know, they didn't go through the rigors and whatever we went through in life. They hadn't had to the, the go through the hard knocks and all those kind of things that we went through. So they don't have the kind of experiences that we have. But they've been trained in a way, you know, in terms of education and technology. And everything is about technology right now. They've been trained in a way that they know how to solve a problem. And they know how to solve a problem quickly. But we don't, we're not engaging them. And one of the things, you know, the the top three things in these Gen X and millennials, when they poll them, it's uh, the climate, uh, abortion rights, and guns. And I mean, to me, it's just a no-brainer, Democrats. This these things are important to these folks. Y'all need to fight harder and fight for it. Show them y'all gonna fight for it. Well, I definitely think that the young people today are definitely ahead of us when it comes to. The political situation regarding the Democratic Party, because they're not going to stand by and fall for the okie doke like we have and continue to do in regards to the corporate wing of the Democratic Party. And I think that the the next election, the Democrats are going to be really surprised at the turnout and the support that they're going to receive from that demographic. And I really feel that Cornell West is going to make a difference and a lot of dip- other people are going to make a difference in regards to the next election. Um, I don't think young people are going to go for the okie doke again. So that's what we want to do is challenge all of our listeners to both listen to and talk to some young people, engage them, hear what they're thinking. And we're absolutely sure you'll find an opportunity to help them to grow, to nurture their wisdom and to interact with them in a way that's going to be beneficial to us all. In our Black Business Spotlight, meet Gabby Morrison who at 16 years old in Charlotte, North Carolina, has been appointed the manager of Nana Morrison Soul Foods' newest restaurant location. Her parents gave her the responsibility to run the family restaurant where she'll earn a $100,000 annual salary for the role, which fits right into what we're talking about with mentoring and raising our kids right. Nana Morrison Soul Food Restaurant was opened in 2011 after her parents, Sean and Kiana Morrison, moved from New York to Charlotte and couldn't find a soul food restaurant in the area. And recently, her parents opened the second location where they hired Gabby to work as the manager. Her parents said the decision to hand over the responsibility of managing the new location was not made lightly. Since her childhood, Gabby's been actively involved in the family business as how it is with her three other siblings. When she was five years old, she started with simple tasks like wiping down tables and stocking up utensils. And as she grew older, her responsibilities expanded. And by age 10, she was making hiring decisions and managing various aspects of the business. They really believe in her capabilities, emphasizing that her position is not due to favoritism, but her proven competence and hard work. They are proud of her dedication to the job. So learn more about Nana Morrison Soul Food via its official website at nanamorrisonsoulfood.com and be sure to follow them on Instagram at nanamorrisons.soulfood. That's a wrap for this show. And remember, you can share your thoughts with us and share and communicate with us by sending your comments as well as your questions and show ideas to The Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And as always, God willing, we'll continue to keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. Until the next episode, know that we sincerely appreciate your time and interest and rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. And finally, let's all do better today. 
because that's all we really have.